she gets in? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, here we go. Look at talk. New episode starts now. Welcome one. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Look at Talk podcast. I am your boss man, B. Jones, and tonight we have an exclusive round. Joining me tonight, holding it down in the great state of Kentucky, by the ladies of the Culture Grand Three Dope Moms podcast. How you ladies doing tonight? Hey, we're doing good. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's this good Friday treat, y'all? So far, so good. It's Friday, and definitely time to kick back. It's been a, a day for me. <laughs> really? Uh, worked a half a day, so I went out hiking today. Did some little self-care me time. But I still practice safe distancing. I feel you. <laughs> That's right. Practice safe distancing in the midst of this quarantine. I'm sick of COVID-19. Sick of it. I, I think we're all sick of it at this point. You know, How, how's it been up there in y'all? Are people going crazy up there in Kentucky? I mean, overall, we have some awesome leadership from our governor. So he's kind of holding it down. But there's always those few people that just pretend like ain't nothing else going on. They're on another planet somewhere, and they just do what they want to do. We had a few instances of that as far as people, like, not doing what they're supposed to be doing, still having get-togethers and parties. And some churches said they just want to just keep it going. So little stuff like that. But overall, everybody's been smooth. Has everybody been buying up toilet paper like it's no tomorrow still? Or is that just here in Florida? There ain't no toilet paper here. (laughs) (laughs) There's no toilet paper. There's no eggs. Uh, What else? There's no Lysol. There's no hand sanitizer. People barely got masks. People are selling them here and there. You can can buy masks at the the liquor store. (laughs) No, not the liquor store is selling masks. (laughs) I've heard it all now. Right, the, the face masks is a hustle now. <laughs> the liquor store is selling masks. Get it how you live. That that's just hey. crazy. Hey. Well, everybody got to come up with a come up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. Everybody got to come up with a come up. But goddamn, I'm expecting people be selling on the side of the road, not <laughs> not no damn old liquor store. Coming soon, though. <laughs> 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 oh, not coming soon. <laughs> anyway, ladies, so tell let's get into it, y'all. Enough of it. I know y'all tired of talking about COVID nineteen. It seems like every song, every episode I've been doing, we've been talking about COVID nineteen. It's been crazy. So tell me a little about the Culture Gram Three Dope Moms podcast. Okay, well, um, Three Dope Moms kind of originally came. Uh, our name at first, um, it was something that I was like, wait a minute, we got we got to come up with something else. Like, we can't just be three dope moms. Like, what are we representing and what are we about? And everything that represented us that we wanted to talk about and address is the Black community and our perspective and how we view the Black community um, and just giving a voice of how things are through our eyes. So, Culture Ground, um, I came across the term 
which is used in social work. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I like that. And it's really just defining and, and understanding one's culture. So um, it just, it, it stuck. So that was the birth of uh, Culture Round for us. So we use that as our name. And um, so for me, this is honey. So for me, um, I was already friends with Chris and Chrissy, uh, but separately. Like I know Chris from high school and Chrissy, like our daughters went to elementary school together. So our conversations, especially with Chris, our conversations, like we would talk all the time. And it got to a point where it was like, dude, like people need to hear these conversations that we have. Like, like it would be such good conversations. Just we could talk about anything from politics to childcare to anything. So we kept saying, I think it was been like two years. We was like, man, we should start a podcast. We should start a podcast. And then finally, like Chrissy came to me on her own and was like, man, I've been trying to get this podcast together. But I can't get nobody to, you know what I mean, join me. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, word. Like, me and my homegirl already been talking about this. So, yes, most definitely. So, um, that's kind of how the three of us came together. So, that's what it is. And y'all been rolling it ever since. That, that's real good about um, how y'all just came together and wanted to do this podcast. So, what can people expect to gain from their listening to this podcast? Well, like Tony said, you know, we're dealing with just black culture in general, just all things black shit, basically. <laughs> um, and just how us as three dope moms, basically how we navigate through our day-to-day routine, whether it's dealing with our children or our careers, with just life in general, just all these different things that's happening around the world on a daily basis. We just give it to you the best way we can from a black perspective. Um, so you're going to get just random topics, mommy topics, love. Oh, we got this one segment too on Friday night. This one segment on Friday night. <laughs> this one segment. This one segment on Friday night. It's called. This one segment. What's the name of the segment? The segment is called Sex. Live. And basically, oh, hello. <laughs> That's why we said this one segment. And we talk about all things taboo, all things just in, in relation to just love and life, and of course, sex. So, yeah. That's real. Now, getting back to motherhood, how have y'all been navigating this COVID 19? Because this is just an interesting perspective for moms because I've been seeing moms on social media, other moms I follow on social media like, oh, I'm running out of things to do with my child. My child ain't even doing their homework. How how, how are y'all navigating this time right now? Because normally the kids would be in school. Y'all wouldn't have to worry about them. But now you got them all 24 hours. 24-7. And hopefully not 365. But for right now, 24-7. <laughs> Now, me, this is Treese. I already work from home. I have been working from home for years. So that's no change. But now I have a student in the home while I'm working, doing work hours. 
And where we're at in Kentucky, we have started doing the um, NPI, which is non-traditional learning. And everything as we know it, as far as like classwork that's normally done by pencil and paper, everything is now done virtually through um, basically like this, this NTI portal and Google Classrooms and all the work is having to be done and submitted, you know, that way, which I'm thankful because my son's school, he's kind of basically already had, you know, those accesses in some classes. But overall, he still was doing like the regular day-to-day um, -day routines of, you know, getting up in the morning, going to school. So that's been a change for him. As far as how I've been dealing with it with him, um, I like it because it's more structured, you know, because for a couple of weeks, it was nothing but just late night Fortnite and uh, 2K and playing with all his friends. Be up to one day he stayed up to 10 30 in the morning. I'm like, well, come on, man, you got to go to bed. Do not wow. <laughs> so, and it looks like one more has joined us. How you doing? Good, tonight? and you? I'm doing good. How Great. you doing? Trying to survive COVID. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining the party. I'm glad you glad you made it on time. You know what I'm saying? We're right. We're, we were just right in the middle of talking about your podcast. And we were asking the other two moms, how are they dealing with COVID-19 now they have their child home 24-7? Ooh. Um, well, when it comes to surviving or handling the kids, I, I have two kiddos and Unfortunately, I, not unfortunately, I am a foster mom as well. So I actually just let one of the foster kids go home to his foster mom. And so getting a routine is like the number one thing I think you got to establish during this. So right now, I would say I'm taking it day by day because I don't have a routine set. <laughs> hey salute to you for being a foster mom you know what I'm saying that that's a big look because not many people have it in their heart to take on someone else's child other than yeah, theirs yeah yeah I, I definitely um I was helping out another foster mom because with the kids being at home and having your own kids and trying to get a new kid adjusted and they just entered your home it's it's really hard so I was helping another mom out um because her kiddo she only got him like two weeks before this all started. So she didn't get to even really get to know the kid before being stuck in the house with him for what we're going on two weeks now, three weeks of this. So, yeah. Now, from your perspective, since you just hopped in, uh, what do you want people to know about the culture around? I want them to be able to understand and know that they're not alone in this like our culture has already made us who we are but some of the things that we try to I want to say um, progress or change about ourselves they're not alone in that you know we can keep our old ways from how our grandmothers and grandfathers used to do things but now you got somebody else it's like oh, I guess going into the progressives you know we're changing, you know, it's okay to change and be different. Um, and you're not alone. You're not. That's real. That's real. All right, ladies. Now, 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 now that everybody's caught up, now that we have the three dope moms here, I can tell y'all now this is look at talk, the exclusive round with the cult, the ladies of the culture Graham three dope moms podcast. 
Ladies, I hope they, I do appreciate y'all for joining me tonight. I'm holding it down in Florida, and y'all are holding it down in Kentucky. We do this late, long-distance thing. So tell me this, ladies. So far, what is your favorite episode of the podcast so far? Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, so we do, we check our analytics or whatever, and our very first podcast is the one that um, we jump in. Because um, it's called Popping the Cherry. I think a lot of people are drawn to the title. Um, but really, it was uh, more so Popping that Cherry for the podcast. Um, it was our, our very first episode. So um, we get a lot of listening to that. Uh, but I like the Choke Me one. We have an episode called Choke Me from Sex Drive. Friday. It's Friday. And I, I want to say that's probably my favorite, personally. I would have to say our, my favorite would have to be um, Choke Me only because of the simple fact I think we were able to have a more open dialogue and actually bring something else to the table that nobody talks about. Um, a lot of people talk about the taboo things, but when it comes to black women and black women with sexuality, nobody really wants to talk about us like that because of simple fact uh, we're always thought to be like the angry black woman instead of, you know, wanting that man to be in control. So to me, that was like our my favorite. Okay, okay, I feel y'all. Since two of y'all said the choke me is y'all favorite episode, <laughs> we can stay right there. So y'all looking, so y- y'all as black women, y'all want us men to be dominant and control in the bedroom? Is that what you're saying, basically? Yes. 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 Oh. So now what do you now now what do you say to the women that kind of push back because uh, I know there's somebody that they want to be in control. What do you say to them? Hey, go ahead and do your shit. Do what you gotta do if you wanna be yeah, in control. Right. Like it's all about fulfilling your sexuality and being able to be open with your partner, regardless if it's a, a dominant or submissive role. And sometimes you might want to change it up or feel comfortable with changing it up. Uh, with your partner, or even opening up to allowing somebody else in the bedroom. So that's going to be our next o- episode. It's going to be about open relationships. Yo. Ooh, open relationships. And uh, now, y'all, y'all tell me this. Is all, in other words, the open relationship meaning y'all just single, you know what I'm saying? You're with somebody, but you're still messing around. No. <laughs> no. No, I, no, oh. that is a mutual. Okay, well, agreement. please enlighten a brother. That is a, like when you enter into a marriage, it's a mutual agreement. When you're in a relationship and you all decide to be able to venture out, that's like that's not being single. Being single is I do what I want to do and I ain't got to tell nobody about it. Having an open relationship, that is, hey, you do your thing on this day, I do my thing on this day, and then we come back together and we do our thing together. Okay, that sounds like uh, like a polynomial of relationship, which we talked about in like episode the season two premiere of Look and Talk. So that's what that yeah. sounds like. But then again, that group everybody know each <laughs> other. So, or it could also mean that as a couple, whether it's husband wife, wife wife, husband husband, whatever, that you just let somebody enter in that realm and. You become, I've heard it on 
like, um, what's that show called? Shameless, where they say it's like a throuple situation. <laughs> Why does one would even consider that? I mean, the help. <laughs> it is. Help <laughs> bills. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Not necessarily even help on the bills, but sometimes it's just about spicing up the relationship. Um, and I feel like you uh, are able to communicate more. And sometimes the relationship becomes closer between the two spouses because you have to be open, understanding, um, listening, caring about what the other wants, the desires, and being able to fulfill those desires. So. That's real. That's too real. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Look at Talk. If you don't know, now you know. Now let's get back to y'all last episode. Tyra, who the flip did you date? <laughs> <laughs> what was the thinking behind this this episode? <laughs> Because this sounds like maybe somebody dated somebody that y'all knew of or everybody knew of. No. Go ahead, Chick. In that episode, we were um, just discussing like past relationships as well as um, talking about the possibility of would you date a female that had previously been in a relationship with another female, or would you date a male that had previously been in a relationship with another male in the past? Like, would you be okay with that notion, or does it matter, or do you have to tell them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And that originally came from that show off Netflix. Like, we had watched, uh, Teresa and me watched that show. What was it called? It was called Love is Blind. And that situation played out on air. So we kind of talked about um, where the woman had committed to being engaged to this man. And after the engagement, he tells her that I've been with another man. Are you willing to still accept me for me and who I am? And she said no. And she walked away. So we talked about the different dynamics of that relationship and if that was to really happen. I was very disappointed in the fact that I felt like he took away her choice. Um, being the fact that it was a game show, if she felt that way and she is not willing to accept that um, in a relationship and in her marriage, like he took away the opportunity for her to date somebody else. So I was disappointed in that and his reaction and how he uh, retaliated back to her by calling her out of her name and cussing at her. So. And I, I took the other approach to it because I have been in a situation kind of similar to that. So to me, I took from that whole con- that whole um, love is blind. Like, when do you tell somebody else uh, about your past experiences? And like, do you have to? So for me, I took it a little differently than how they did because I don't feel like you always have to disclose that information. Like, you know, Within our own community, not everybody is accepting of men dating men, you know, and so some men don't feel like they need to disclose that information because they don't want to lose out on a perfectly good woman, you know, so they keep it to themselves. And we we constantly 
make it where men got to be on the down low because as women, we don't want to see our guy knowing that he was with another guy. Yeah, now that's true. Now, I'm going to weigh in here. I do think there are some things that need to be brought to the table that need to be let, let go. And I think once you get closer to that person and you're comfortable with them, then you release things. And if you know, because you don't want to tell somebody your business and you don't see them, you see them just as a booty call. No, you want to get close to that person and then release that information to them. You got to build with them. Right. So. It's about knowing when it's okay to to disclose things. And not everybody is supposed to know your personal life like that. Some people, they might be in there for just a, a couple months, and then you're like, nah, this ain't for me. But they got all your business, and they about to share your business with everybody, you know? Now, that's not necessarily true, because I've known some people to where you could release some information, some intimate details, and they wouldn't release it to anybody. Those are real deal people. But I do think there are fucked up people in the fucked up mm-hmm. world that will just drop information. And that that to me is very low and very foul. Me personally, I'm not that type. Meaning if if we follow on bad terms, we follow on bad terms. I'm not about to go put you on blast or now if you try me, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on blast for what you tr- what you did to me. I'm not about to bring up your past intimate details. I'm not that type. And those type of people they are they they ain't shit. Just be, I'm just gonna be honest. Those type of people that want to bring up somebody's past and just put all business out there, well, you ain't yeah. shit for that. And they throw it back in your face. So like for them, it was like you know he was foul and how he all of a sudden you know was calling the female all out her name. But I guess he was he wasn't ready to disclose that you know. So it's all about the timing you know and that connection that's being made. Kind of going back to choke me. A female only wants a guy, or I ain't going to say only wants, but a female, when she feels protected and she got that connection with that guy, she wants that guy in control. You know, she she wants him to be that man that's like, uh, I got this, you chill out type. It's all about the connections. So now we're now going back to that. So would y'all say women still do want that, even though nowadays, because you have a lot of women that are like, oh, I'm independent. I don't need no man. I'm just independent, you know. That's why. <laughs> we we tired of being so independent sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> really? Yes, that's really. It, I definitely agree. It does definitely need to be people coming together and and coming together and moving forward and with the man being ahead. But it's nice to hear that some women do still believe that the man needs to be in charge and not the other way around. And I think so many, specifically talking about moms, we're always having to do so many, many things. We got so many tasks on our plate. Some days we want to sit back, relax, and, and let somebody else take charge because we're always in the lead role. Yeah, that, that, that's I can definitely understand that. So now, speaking of motherhood, what have you ladies learned about motherhood from each other? I'll take it. Trace is like, she's dope. Um, and Paulette, they're, um, both of them. Honey is like the guru mom where she, 
she her kids can be right underneath her and they like feel each other's energy like I love that and Trees got it you know her they got a they got that system that I want the yeah, system they, that they, you she want she knows exactly you know what's going on what's coming next and they flow together that's a good thing Adelaide what y'all what y'all think I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they hear me or not. You can I hear me can okay? Hear Trace? Honey. Okay. They'll come back. They'll pop on. Um okay. we'll we'll keep going. Like, ladies and gentlemen, this is Look of Talk. If you don't know, now you know. I'm on with the three dope moms, the culture round podcast. This is the exclusive round. So now what have y'all learned about the culture of blackness so far just from doing the first couple episodes of your podcast? We have been able to really see that it's other people out here that want that support uh, and want to be able to talk about being black without the the worry of everybody thinking that they're racist. So that is one major thing that I think that this our platform is going to allow us uh, to have with people is them being able to know that it's okay to be black. You know, we, we're not all racist because we enjoy being black, you know? Yes, honestly, I, I totally feel you in that. I really felt that way when I was in college, you know what I'm saying? Because I'd have people be like, they'll look at my social media posts, and they're like, oh, I don't think he likes white people. I really just wish some of those people would understand that. Just because I'm pro-black, it doesn't mean I hate y'all. Right. I just love my blackness. And, and, and for moms, we get always caught up in just being a mom that we t- sometimes forget. You know what? Okay. Um, okay. We're not raising. We, we don't, we're not having our kids to be militant. We just want them to embrace being black. You know, embrace being dope. Having dope melon, you know? Yes. I honestly, I didn't, that didn't click for me until I got to college and I went to FAMU. I see y'all back on. Everything back good now? Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and bring it back for y'all. Let y'all weigh in. What have y'all learned about, about the culture and your blackness just from the first month oh, of doing the podcast? Like, this is like a whole nother realm for me. Like, I, I am like in awe by just the the conversations and the thinkers and the creators and just you know this this right here needs to be more out there so that our mindsets and our collective ideas can come together and it can be like somebody's inspiration or it can be somebody's you know motivation it's definitely a good way to learn from one another because everybody's going through something and no matter what context it is and we all you know, basically are people, you know, of color, you know, taking on, you know, a genre where, you know, we might be, you know, not outnumbered, but as far as like in the mainstream, as far as I can see, we're there, but, you know, our presence isn't all the way there. And I think it's very important that, you know, as far as, like I said, we're only a few episodes in, we're probably what, like a month and a half in doing this. And I, I really, really enjoy this space of, you know, being amongst, you know, different people and just, you know, learning from one another. I think it's really good. Yeah, that's real. 
Hey, I, like I said, I appreciate y'all come for even coming on and not not taking with no hesitation, even though y'all have only done this for a month. And I really do appreciate that, by the way. And um, so what compelled y'all to finally go ahead and just do this podcast? I think just doing it. I think, you know, we had talked about it, you know, for ever so long. And, you know, we when you're inspired to do something, you know, that's all you need is inspiration. And just you know, motivation, motivation, yeah. and inspiration, and just taking you know the next step, you know, like just little stuff like getting microphones that was huge, you know. And then, um, you know, Christy, she was able to you know go out there and research it a little bit further and finding like you know a platform where we can record and everything, you know, go on to all of these, um, you know, multiple you know, streaming, like, I think it's the most neatest thing to look on Spotify and to see, you know, our podcast on there, just like I would see, like, a a, a person's song or something. I think that's, like, you know, the the coolest thing, you know, that's ever. Yeah, so just, you know, doing something, you know, small and just seeing how it just, you know, progresses with all, you know, three of us, Chrissy and, and Honey and myself, you know, our ideas and our, you know, collaborations on this thing, you know, not really having anybody say, okay, do this, do that, and just us just coming together and taking our ideas and, you know, putting them out there for the world to do it. That's real. I definitely feel you on that. Um, because I, I said the same thing whenever I see my podcast on Spotify. I'm like, damn, I'm on here with all the artists and now everybody can find it, you know what I'm saying? So I definitely feel y'all on that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Liquor Talk. If you don't know, now you know. So tell me, ladies, what's y'all favorite liquor oh, to drink? Oh, yes. Well, this is funny. <laughs> so typically, I like to sip on red wine, but my favorite, you know, this is Kentucky, so we know for bourbon. So my favorite is Woodford Reserve. Because it's smooth. Woodford. What kind of bourbon you said? Preserved. It's very smooth um, for me. No hang, you know, no hangovers the next day and that kind of thing. You just get your little lift, your little buzz and collapse. So that's my favorite. Woodford and red wine. And I'm a Ciroc brandy as well as a nice riscata. Either or. If I want to mellow out, it's that Ciroc brandy or a Riscata just to just to chill and relax my mind. Man, now you're the first person I've heard say something good about the Ciroc brandy because I followed a whole bunch of other people. They said they ain't really care for it. I, I was feeling it, though. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that was, I was feeling the, the Ciroc brandy. Because I had heard bad things about it as well. And then when I taste it, I'm like, this is smooth, especially for a brandy, because, you know, normally it burn your chest, you know, give you some hairs on there. It's smooth. Yeah. It's smooth. Yeah, it is very smooth. Well, this is, and I like, um, so, as far as wines, I like Moscato, and then I like Flair, so any type of vodka, basically, like, as far as, like, like Essen vodka or Ciroc. And I like to have, like, something fruity with it, so it might be, 
like a sex on the beach type of situation, but you know, of course, let's make it a double. I don't want just the juice, I want the liquor, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's real, man. I have a funny story about a sex on the beach drink. I was at the I was at a bar one time, my friends. One of my friends had asked him, asked him, had asked me to buy him a drink, and he says to me get a sex on the beach. And I told the bartender what I'm getting. Now I got the Hennessy on. Now I got the Hennessy on the rocks. I said make it a double. And I and my friend got a sex on the beach. The bartender <laughs> looked at the friend like he was crazy. She said she looked at me. She said, okay, the Hennessy for you and the sex on the beach for your friend over there. Yeah, and when I said that, I said, yeah, then she looked at me like, and she looked at him like she was like, he had lost his mind. Like, damn, Miss Bartender, you judging. I'm like, why are you judging, Miss Bartender? You, you, you ain't gonna, you're trying to get this tip, ain't you? You over here judging my friend because he like a sex on the beach. I mean, come on now. You know, whatever. I just feel like the bartender, just like you have Zodiac signs, I feel like bartenders, like, you know, probably pass people based on what type of drinks they get, you know, so. Mm. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes, they do. I, I remember one time I went to a bar up and when I lived in Tallahassee, every time the, the bartender, anytime, if I didn't order something brown, these two guys, would, the guy bartenders would look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, okay, well, I ain't about to pump up here and get this by get drink from y'all. If y'all gonna be sizing me up because we have our moods. Some days I'm not feeling the brown all night. Some the stages the you white, go you know through. I mean, when you're in college and you you ain't even got no real money, it's it's the Boone's Farm, it's that smearing off, it's all those drinks. Uh, what's that? Uh, oh, I can't even think of it. Um, it's a rum, a tanqueray, all those things. When you're young, those are the drinks you know to drink. As you get older, your palate changes, and all of a sudden, you like, wait, I went from clear looking to brown, and you you find out, like, man, my stomach can't take this no more. You know, wow. tequila used to be my thing, but uh, tequila had me on the table now. So. <laughs> Oh man, no. Hey, you know what's funny is I talked to another podcaster um out in oh, Texas. I love, she I said she down with I the tequila. Tequila, especially if I'm in Mexico. But it just it doesn't hit the stomach right no more, you know. I don't want no hangover. I'm past all that. I'm you know that that was college crystal. This 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 Chrissy don't like that. I want to be able to get up and function tomorrow. So tequila, mm-mm. <laughs> For 30s, it's different. I feel you. It's different. It's not the same I feel you. Hangover, I'm to tell you. Man, hangover is different when you get past a certain age. <laughs> yes, that, that definitely is true. It's like, I've learned that after college, I learned to just pace my, one night, one night in Orlando taught me, look, you better just pace yourself because them <laughs> hangovers, they last all right. day. Oh Two my days. God, Two damn. Days. Be down for two. <laughs> oh, not two days. What if it lasts two days? That, that sounds like a nice doing? resort weekend when you you like, man, I got this hangover, but I'm still about to continue partying. And so right. you got it the next day, but you like, I'm still gonna throw this liquor back. I didn't pay for it. Well, you got a kick to bounce back type stuff. One <laughs> <laughs> of all inclusive trips, right? <laughs> 
Exactly. One of them all-inclusive trips. So tell me about Kentucky. Like, what is there to do for y'all in Kentucky That's if somebody was coming to visit? Um, lightweight, as far as, like, tourism, um, we know for the Kentucky Derby. So uh, May is our month. So it's about, the struggle's about to get real for us here <laughs> because of COVID. Yeah. And they had done pushed Derby back to September. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, you know, we got the Ollie Center. Um, so you can always visit Muhammad Ali Center. Uh, we got the Louisville Loop. So anytime, like, if you want to be active, you can go cycling and doing that kind of thing and hiking and kayaking. Um, we have the Louisville Slugger Museum. Uh, of course, we have the bourbon wineries and stuff like that here. Um, so there's a lot of little stuff, like tourism-wise. Um, you can check out the Yum Center. You know, a lot of people know um, Louisville basketball. We a college town, so mm-hmm. it's all about U of L versus U of K here. So yeah, it's when cool. I so. Y'all now speaking of that, I'm I'm much I'm gonna come back to you. Y'all right so y'all y'all representing yeah. y'all you represent Louisville, right? Yep, yep. So y'all hate I was Kentucky. forced to be a part of the gang. I didn't know it was bloods and crips and all that here until I moved here. That's the Chrissy shot now. Yeah, I didn't know I had to be a part of the new gang. I thought I was getting away from the gangs, and no, I came here, and the whole city is a gang. Or is she blue? She red over here. Yeah, I gotta be a red. You a girl? Away, yes. Them cars. Wow. So you so you thinking you getting away from it and then you're right back in it and they right. induct and it, you the, the into it. It wasn't even like, a it's choice. The whole city, either you blue or you red. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? I'm not a crip, I'm not a blood. What is this? And they like you you can't wear blue up in here. We are red. Uh okay. And then I'm like, uh I found out it's you know, it's UK versus the Cardinals versus Louisville. And I'm like, this is really big down here. Like they ready to throw blows if you're not repping the right place, you know. And I'm like, it's all Kentucky it's people. Okay. It's all Kentucky. Yeah. The University of Louisville and the University of Kentucky is really only like maybe what, like an hour and a half away, yeah. just about. So it's not like you know the universities that you know far spread apart. And you know we're we're in Louisville, so everything here, University of Louisville. Football, basketball, baseball, soccer, soccer we killing it. We killing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah, Louisville close to Cincinnati. Man, the reason I know that is because I had, I worked with some people that were from Cincinnati, and I did co podcasts with people that were from that area. Is the chili as good as they chili. say, or is it just okay? <laughs> Yeah, you know. Now when I go to when I go to Ohio, I'm going to Papados. I want me some seafood. So I don't know nothing about them chili, but I will tell you if I'm driving two hours just to give me some Papados, some good seafood. Promise you, two hours. Damn, that seafood is worth it. That you're gonna drive two hours for it. 
Wow. That is great. I can't think of a restaurant here in Florida I would drive two hours for, you know, because <laughs> I can't I can't think of one. Um because most of the restaurants I be going to, they're like within <laughs> driving distance. So I more power to you driving two hours for a restaurant. I, I would say more power to you. That that's big. But yeah. then, uh, you know, you make a trip. You make a trip out of it. That's that's real. So now, getting back to motherhood, what are some things you would warn a woman about that that has baby fever? What are some things you'd warn them about? Besides the body changing, just the mental drainage. Um, everybody is expecting women to just know how to be a mom right when they have the baby or when they become pregnant. And it's not like that. You know, you, your, your child and you are going to learn and grow together, but it's so draining when people assume that you're just going to know exactly what to do all the time. And that pressure is exhausting. So I would tell my new moms, like, don't even worry about what everybody got to say about how you're going to mother, just do your thing, you know, you and your baby will learn each other and y'all will be all right. But push everybody else to the side because you're not going to know everything right away. It just don't happen like that. And just being a That's mother, definitely really, really don't happen like that. like being a woman on top of that, it's so important just to have some sort of self-care for yourself because being you know, a mother, it does have a stressful, you know, moments at times, and it's times where, you know, it's not like a roller coaster, but it's so many twists and turns and ups and downs and changes, you really have to make sure that you take the best, very best care of yourself, because if you don't, what are you going to be able to deposit into your children? You're not going to be able to deposit anything. Mm -hmm. That's that's definitely real. So, what your message out there for all the teen? Some I've seen this uh, quite a few times. What your message for all the teen women that say, Baby, "Hey, I want to be a mom. It. I'm ready to be a mom." Don't do it. Enjoy your youth. Once you become a mom, it's about your baby, and that whole saga that you see on Teen Moms, like that's not gonna be your reality. You know, these women get paid to come on television to show their pregnancies but for all the regular teen moms it's not going to be the same for you um I had my my daughter when I was 21 I turned 22 like a month after having her and to me I felt like I was still a baby you know because I had I was in college and I'm trying to navigate through the world with a baby you know um this whole idea that it's going to be easy it doesn't get easy. Even as your kid get older and you have, you know, your old grandmother's like, oh, well, once the baby gets to walking, it's going to be better. Oh, once the baby gets in school, it's going to be better. No, this life that you bring into this world, that's your baby for the rest of their lives. So when you like 50 years old and your kid is 30, that's still your baby. You know, that's still your child. So, so wait it out. Enjoy your youth. And then when you're finally done with partying and, and doing your thing and having fun, you know, YOLO, then you have your kid. 
because it's out of your system. But navigating while you have your baby, it's going to be hard. And it's going to be draining. It's a blessing, but it's still hard. That's definitely real. I definitely feel you on that. Y'all want to weigh in? <laughs> I think they done dropped off again. Anyway, we'll we'll keep going, ladies and gentlemen. This is look at talk. If you don't know, now you know. When that when they when they pick back up, um, we'll I'll bring I'll bring yeah. the question back to them. They, oh they, um, yeah, they dropped off. Right um, well, if they come back on, huh? Okay. Um. Well, when they come back, I'll I'll ask them a question. I'll bring that question back to them. In the meantime. Moving on, this is look at talk. If you don't know, now you know. So, what is something you wish you would y'all wish you guys would have known um, about podcasting before you got into it? Just the, I mean, we've learned as we went along just how to um, splice and and edit. But I wish we had a new more about that prior to. Um, but we're learning, you know. We're we're, we're figuring it out. Yes. Yeah. We okay, I feel you. <laughs> Trees, we good now. Pick up. Okay. All right. I'm gonna bring this back for y'all. I'm gonna bring this back for y'all. What What's your advice to teen moms out there who are having babies and teenage um, teenage women who said they ready for I, a child? I still hear you guys. So, uh, just kind of piggyback off what Chrissy was saying. Um, enjoy your youth. Um, your school age, your high school years. Focus on education and getting to the next level and going away and going to college. Experience life, explore, grow. Like, that's what this world is for, you know? So, um, don't boggle yourself down with additional responsibilities that you shouldn't take on just yet. Begin to understand and learn who you are. I feel like, especially as Black people, there's so many traumas that we have to overcome and heal from um that we really don't really truly know who we are until we get much older um and and certain demographics have uh advantage because a lot of them are already in therapy in their teenage years and already healing from their traumas and stuff where typically we wouldn't be in therapy until we're like in our late 20s and 30s and stuff so I feel like in your 20s, just get to know who you are and build a foundation for your life and the lifestyle that you want to live and and leave having babies and building a family until you, until you stay, until your late 20s and your 30s and stuff. Like, I try to teach my daughter that I have a 14-year-old, and I try to help her understand the realities of the world and what they look like. You say you want a Tesla, well, what type of job do you plan on having? Uh, what kind of income is going to be coming in? Like, what is your income to debt ratio going to be looking like? You know what I mean? Helping her understand what that is and what that means. So bringing a child into this world ain't necessarily something that you want to do in your teenage years if that's the lifestyle that you want to live. So, yeah. And I would say when I I have, like, foster children – and I don't only take like 16, 17 year olds, but I've had the 13, um, 14 year olds and I had a 15 year old and they, it was, 
they thought of it as uh, the child as a baby doll. And to me, it's like, I would tell, the, I, I always tell them like, okay, what are you going to do when this dog gets older? You know, um, it doesn't stay small forever, you know? So what are you going to do then? What are you going to do when it gets sick? You know, you got to sometimes give them those life lessons like that Paulette was saying. You got to teach them that so that they understand everything that goes along with being a mom. It's just not that the baby is cute. Yes, that is so real. That's definitely real on that. Um, Now, what would y'all three say that y'all wish y'all would have known about motherhood before y'all gave birth to your children? I would I would basically say that overall I feel like it's just a process as far as like really getting routine and schedule down as far as like um, being able to be a mother as well as take on your everyday normal life. I feel like I had a really really good balance in terms of you know, doing that, but again, where I was at in my life, I wasn't fully where I should have been. So I think it's very important to be just accustomed and uh, comfortable in your own life before you take on the life of another. And I wish that, you know, I had my son, I think I was um, I was 24 and I was about to turn 25 the next month, basically, when I had him, but I still wasn't all the way situated in my life, so I would say more than anything, I wish I had known, like, make sure that I'm on solid ground before I bring another. It worked itself out, it definitely did, and I consider myself blessed, but it's so important to, to realize that. I definitely, definitely feel you on that. Well, um, I will say. Did anyone uh, else want to weigh in on for that? Me, I, I know with with having my 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 daughter, um, I have become like not a, not necessarily hardened, but if I could go back to my younger self, I would say like, look, you know, everything's gonna be okay. You know, don't close off. I had a great support system, but I am very independent. Like I keep stuff to myself and like I'm a I'm a I'm a go getter. So I'm a go get whatever it is that my daughter needs, my son needs. That's how I am. But leaning on other people is like that's you know, that's one thing that I would tell my my younger self, hey, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not be so strong. It's okay to wanna cry or, you know, know that you won't have it together right now. You know, but I had the facade of we going to be all right, always. And so that kept me from embracing a lot of other opportunities that I could have when I was first having my daughter. I didn't let nobody watch my kids for like six years. (laughs) So I always had her. And um, you got to have some, like like Tree said before, you got to have self-care. You got to be okay with saying I'm just not a mom you know I'm a person too that's real 
Now, where do y'all feel like, from what y'all have seen and observing other moms, where do most mothers go wrong with their children? tell some other moms it's okay to beat that ass I get so tired of seeing so many moms where I'm like you you scared of your kids what wait a minute now no punishment okay let me backtrack all right it's a difference from whooping your kids ass to beating their ass so don't beat them Don't Wait, hold on. Is. What is the difference? Because they, they both feel the same. So what's the difference? in the house and I'm, I'm, I'm beating the crap out of them, leaving marks and bruises. And I don't even care. I'm just I'm just beating them. A whooping, a good whooping is a man. It is a good spanking. Well, that kid never does it again. And, hold on, I'm going to say this. We may feel bad about whooping that ass, but at the end of the day, we know that, hey, my kid don't have no marks and bruises, and my kid will never do this again, and my kid will not go out and disrespect somebody else and do that stuff to this. But for those parents that don't believe in spanking, you don't want to follow me, because I, I, I don't have to spank now that they're older, because I gave nice little tappings on the buttocks when they were younger, so we ain't got to even worry about that. My kid won't be cursing you out. But Okay, well, in my line of work, uh, corporal punishment is not acceptable. So, <laughs> like, hey, hey, I'll say this. I don't tell <laughs> I don't tell my parents to spank their kids. But when I'm in there and I'm working with some of these kids and I'm like, wait a minute, you just told called your mama a bitch? Oh my god. My parents call me because they kids know that they won't do that around me because I get them to death stare. Like, you better stop. And they're like, my therapist. Yes, I said it. Stop it. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I'll put that nice therapist. Oh, not the death stare. You don't give them the death stare? Sit their ass down. And they do it. They do it. That's that mommy look. That means you got control. Your kids behave. Yeah. 
Why do you y'all feel like some parents are afraid of their kids? Because I be seeing that a lot on YouTube and different videos. I'm like, that's your child. You made that that's child. Like CPS hotline. <laughs> 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 hey, back in the day, they didn't call it. You know what I'm saying? And you had some parents that were like, Hell my parents no. that they weren't scared because. <laughs> After CPS yeah, is done, they they go. It didn't affect them. My parents, they feel, they feel it's almost like they have to over overcompensate. So a lot of parents are scared of their kids because they've over, overcompensated so long that now they are like, they're the victim, you know, and they can't. It when a person becomes a victim, it's hard to get out of that. You know that that is depression. You know, and so when depression lingers on, on and on, a, a parent can't get out of it. And then they're scared to ask for help. I mean, I can imagine being scared of my own kid, you know, but I feel for the parents that are. I do. I feel for them. Basically, they portrayed the ancestors being scared of the kids because I'm telling you, you look at like the green and the green and all that. Like, you better not even breathe wrong in the room. Like you better not even look silly in the room because it don't matter who's in there. Somebody's gonna knock your ass mm-hmm. We know now. We know now. That, Cause in my line of work, we yes, we know now that we've learned from a lot of those. Um, you know, wrong, you know, situations where it was just excessive, you know, and we yeah. we have a little bit more of a handle on, you know, just overall, you know, mental health, health when it comes to children and that type of thing, you know, but as far as a scared situation, that, you know, you, you should still be able to be stern, you know, and like Chrissy said, you know, teach as they get older, you know, from the time they're young, you know, straighten out the behavior, right then and there, just snap it off. Just like, oh, you ain't about to be in the store acting like that. And, you know, after a few times, you know, you yanking them or yoking or not Hey, you weren't supposed to say that was easy. I don't know. back and say thank you because they they they'll, they will show appreciation for it because you see a lot of people nowadays when you get older you're like damn they must not have no good home training but a couple of them yankins and stuff hey they'll think they'll come back and say thank you for it i think they may have dropped that's again. real hey ladies yesterday okay all right, we're about to wrap this up. Um, so bottom line, at the end so of the day, why do people need to subscribe to the Cultural Grand Podcast? Get to talk about some things that's taboo and be able to also get a therapeutic approach on how to be a great parent.
That's definitely real. Okay, actually, this is actually the last question. Ooh. Since Mother's Day so is around the corner, you would probably get better. What's with a Mother's them? Day gift you're tired of getting? The mom that is almost anti-mom, Mother's Day. So, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I appreciate a nice really? gift. You know them. You know to get a massage or any of those good things, but I motherhood or Mother's Day is a reminder for me that I'm a single mom. So for single moms, it's not always the best day for us because we didn't plan our life to be like this. So for them, I know, I know, honey, she, you know, she gets to go all out. They, they do it big for her. But for other moms, it's not always a good day for us. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's in, in their lives. I embrace me. Oh, like, damn. I'm sorry it. to hear that. You but know at the saying. end of the day, it's like some days it's like, oh, I don't want to be class, you know, set to the side, you know. So, um, Mother's Day is not always a, a great day for all moms. But again, that's something we will be discussing on our podcast the difference in mommyhood, specifically Mother's Day. How did that make all of us feel? That's real. Well, I do want to thank you ladies for coming on the Look and Talk podcast and talking a little bit about motherhood. And thank you for um, even doing this. Um, I understand y'all getting started. Oh, Where can the people, people find the Coach Graham podcast at? Dope Moms on Twitter and Three Dope Moms Culture Graham on Facebook. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Also, if y'all if y'all have not already, follow us at Look and Talk Podcast. Get ready for our live, especially the one we about to do later tonight. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in to the Look and Talk Podcast. This has mm-hmm. been the exclusive round with the three dope moms holding it down in Kentucky. I appreciate these ladies mm-hmm. for coming 